0: Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or a real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you successfully sued a corporation only to have the principal claim it had no assets. What did you do? Dennis, we showed after the judgment there was
1: a pattern of the principal taking money out of the corporation for his own personal purposes.
0: And the outcome?
1: After examining and documenting the corporation bank statements, we showed a pattern where the principal was using the corporation as his own personal piggy bank. We were able to show that he personally had a lot of money and should be the real defendant. He thought he could get away with everything by hiding behind the skirts of the corporation,
0: but now he's personally liable. I'll say, another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie & Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now, listen to The Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer.
1: Podcast with me, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Thanks so much for tuning in. <clears throat> so today, a topic about intelligence and positions in the liberal mindset. Okay, uh, very often people uh, would like to think that being liberal is associated with intelligence. That the intelligent folks, generally speaking, like at the elite colleges and such, they they tend to be, by and large, liberal. And. Uh, they want to make that association. I've, I've had that many times before. We've experienced that many times before, and people that we argue with. Indeed, part of the reason why I, I shifted from the liberal mindset to the conservative mindset is that I actually felt that the conservative talking heads were far more intelligent, far more deep than anything I, I had ever heard from the liberal mindset. But still, they think of them. They think very highly of themselves. Okay, so now. It's very interesting. They also seem to think that those who are extremely wealthy, uh, or, or well known to be wealthy, are also intelligent, especially if they're liberal. So, for example, um, uh, Stephen Hawking's—he's, you know, he's considered a very bright man, and of course, he is a very bright man in the scientific world. And then you've got Mark Zuckerberg, uh, who is the head of uh, Facebook, as you know, he created Facebook. Obviously, very bright. Uh, gifted in the sense of understanding what the world wanted and played right into it from a marketing standpoint and from a, uh, a business-savvy, internet-savvy point of view. Uh, but both, both of them share one thing in common. They are both extremely liberal and they are both extremely stupid in their own way. That's right. I said it. Stupid. Well, How, how can I make this claim? <clears throat> Mark Zuckerberg, uh, b- b- Mark Zuckerberg uh, he, he advanced the notion that the best way to deal with the monsters known as ISIS in Syria and Iraq Is to just show them love, don't you know? Right? So if, if we only had a, a, an expression of love, well then all things would be resolved That's the problem, you understand, love All you need is love Now, this is, on its face, really stupid, right? I mean, I I don't have to explain this. I can say, for example, I'd like to show them the love, you know, the word love written on a a bomb, and several of them, in fact, thousands of them, and wipe them all out. In that sense, all you need is love. It would be accurate, right? But I don't think that's what he means. I think he really thinks that you go in and you start shaking hands and, and say, hey, let's talk this out. The fact that somebody that intelligent can think such a stupid thing really reveals something about human nature. And it's not, this is not an attack upon Mark Zuckerberg. I, I simply use him as an example of how one could be extremely successful in business and even smart in many ways, and yet think so foolishly, in fact, think so stupidly as he does. Okay, so you're with me on this. You understand what I'm saying. Uh, likewise, Mark Zuckerberg recently made a comment about Donald Trump and uh, how he, he felt he should throw his head into the ring about uh, the, the campaign and such, reflecting yet again a, a very insipid comment, and, and we won't have to get into that. But but you'll see more of this from Mark Zuckerberg. He, he's going to be the barber Streisand of uh, the Internet world in terms of thinking that people We'll listen to him more because he is, after all, a a very young billionaire, and he's got a lot of opinions, you know, a lot of them. So, um, and and likewise, Stephen Jobs, he had a very liberal mindset. It's not as if he was conservative.
2: Yeah, but he didn't sit around spewing it.
1: That's true. He didn't care about politics. Yeah, he didn't didn't care. Which is great. That's true. He he was smart enough to know uh, that you work with everyone and such. So, good point. But the other character I want to speak about is Stephen Hawking's. Here's a man who is very, very brilliant, who has helped understand the theory of relativity, has tried to advance string theory, and uh, explained the way things have operated in, in history. He's, he's, he's been very good in that department. And yet, because he is so hell-bent on, on assuring us that there is no God, and wants to prove it somehow He refuses to accept certain facts on the ground One of them being probabilities When somebody tells me, for example That they are convinced that, that there is life You know, in our galaxy Or even in a different galaxy for that matter Or somewhere else in this universe I think to myself How do you know that, for one thing And why should it be so? And then they'll tell me, well, we're, we're here, so therefore there might be some probability of, of life being somewhere else. And, and I think to myself, okay, well, if you truly are somebody that believes in probabilities, then there's no way in the universe, as it were, that there can be life elsewhere in the universe if it's only probabilities. Indeed, if there is life somewhere else in the universe, That actually proves more likely that there is a God because of how absurd the the possibility of of life is on this planet. Okay? Now, how can I say this? We've talked before about the bizarre probability of life ever happening whatsoever, randomly, on this planet. It's one out of a trillion, trillion, trillion. It's, it's, It's an obscene number. And then you have to multiply that number, that fraction... By another fraction, which is the fraction of the probability of that life being able to reproduce itself. And then the, another fraction, you multiply it by, is the fraction that it can evolve by itself, okay? That, that actually can mutate, okay? So that's the, you see that the fraction is getting smaller and smaller, right? And then, that, then it would mutate to such a point that you would have a man with free will, no less, and then you have to multiply it by the fraction that it does it so efficiently and so quickly that it could do so in, in a span of a billion years or so. Because that's, that's actually a very short time period for evolution to occur that, that rapidly. You would have to have major changes in the various species and then jump to different species every 20 years or so. It just, and we know that that doesn't happen. So it's nice you know, that the concept is, is intellectually stimulating, uh, about survival of the fittest and things get better and such like that. But you, if you actually do the math on it, it makes no sense at all. It, it, you, would, you would require a trillion years for, yeah. for things God, to get to this point.
2: Godless life is an absolute impossibility. Right. Almost impossible here and definitely impossible elsewhere. Yeah. And then, of course, the one other fraction, which is that fraction – Of chance that it coincides in time with us. Right. And coincides in time with us for the travel across the galaxy needed to both find it and bring the information back.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, And also coincides with the fraction that, you know, that the fact that the universe ever began in the first place, which is one in a quintillion, that it had to be exactly right. Um, Otherwise, we would have a. A mass spreading of just kind of amorphous blob nothingness, just stuff kind of happening in the universe. But instead, we have just the right mix of chemicals such that we can actually have planets form and gravity pull them together and such. And then, that of course, that our Earth is in an circ- a almost perfectly circular orbit as opposed to an elliptical orbit. If we were in an elliptical or- orbit, there would be no life. Okay? End of story. And then we're just the right amount away from the sun. And we have just the right amount of protection of the atmosphere and the ozone and everything. It's, it just, it's just too much. So, And all these same identical things would have to happen. On another planet, somewhere else in the galaxy or a different galaxy, if you like, you would have to have all that.
2: And it would be a life form that got to the point of developing nuclear weapons. And unlike us... Uh, or, and like us, didn't destroy themselves right, right. the second they got them, right. which I, I, is a miracle that we haven't yet.
1: Exactly right. And, and the, the element of time is very important. Uh, I want to go back to what you said before, which is that, that the chances are that our societies are developing exactly at the or even close in time. I mean, we humans have only been around, so to speak, in the human form that we think of ourselves, you know, the non-caveman type style about 10,000 years. You know, I mean, that includes caveman style.
2: Yeah, it took ten only in the last 10,000 years have we gone for the clarity of listeners from the first city-organized society where agriculture and city life coincided.
1: Well, not even that. that, Not not even, I mean, no, it's it's, it's, it's 10,000 years. If you go back 10,000 years, it is really, uh, it's caveman time we're talking because I about. I thought that was Jericho 10,000 years ago. That no. Was the city. no. No, Jericho is not. that. No, Jericho was 2,000, 3,000, I'm sorry, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's not at all. Yeah. Uh, it, oh, wait, it's, hang on, hang okay. on. So you, you've, got, you've got all this, ten, ten, just 10,000 years is a good number. It could be 11,000. I mean, mm-hmm. Let's just use 10,000. So 10,000 is but a blip in the universe, the history of the universe, of course, right? And that that we would just kind of coincide in time with another 10,000-year civilization, right? Now, it could be that we're going to be around for a million years. Could be. Like the dinosaurs were around for, you know, 200, What is it? 200 million years total. Um, and then they became extinct 65 million years ago. So maybe we're on track for a, a nice 2 million, 200 million year span. Could be. But... Unless we bump into a civilization that, that has that, then we're not likely to, to, to meet that. And that, that. That, again, of course, assumes all the probabilities yeah, that we just also, talked about. Uh, and that's, that's hardly likely yeah. in a random universe. This is the funny thing is that you use the randomness that they themselves believe in so strongly. And that randomness dictates that there is no, that, that the likelihood is so infinitesimally small that you would be far better off. Uh, investing in the lottery Every, every ten years And thinking that you're going to win Every ten years Okay And, uh, and, and that it, Of course is not going to happen And the odds are far more staggering Than even that So the only way That they can actually find life In another universe Or sorry, another galaxy Whether far, far away Or in this galaxy Is if there's a creator Who in fact Installed those people there those those living entities there, that's what we call irony. Okay, but but no matter, uh, Stephen Hawking's wants to pursue uh, the life life form somewhere close to us. Yeah, with Alpha Centauri, which is the closest uh, stars. Zuckerberg, that's with Zucker- that's yeah. right. So, so that's a combined the combined product, right? So project. the two, so the two geniuses have met, right, and have also met in their stupidities. Uh, Their stupid exploration idea, which is to pursue life two light years or or so away.
2: Before we have light speed travel. Right, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if we we get the things there, how do we get them back?
1: Exactly right. So we send them off to Alpha Centauri, which is, again, two or so, maybe three light years away. (laughs) What's what's plus or minus a light year to, to, to us, right? But anyway, it's two or three light years away. To send a a rocket as fast as we can possibly send them today would still take centuries, maybe a century or so at at the fastest. It's
2: like a man trying to walk from L.A. to New York.
1: Oh, uh, that's a fantastic way of putting it. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) That's a great analogy. After a year
2: and farther, we're here in Santa Monica, Brentwood, that area. Right. If if you took an ant and just walked it, provided it knew the direction, and walked it from here to downtown L.A., that would take, what, a couple months?
1: Oh, more than a couple months. It it would take a couple years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
2: <laughs> to get from LA to New York
1: on ants. <laughs> I mean, That's what it'd be centuries. like. It's, it's it's really ridiculous. They never thought about that. I mean, these two get together, they and they say, "Hey, what a great idea! Hey, let's actually do the math on this because we're both geniuses, after all. Yeah, let's that- let's figure this out. Like, and then and then what? You know? Okay, so, like the dog that chases the car. Okay, so now this. Um, a spaceship, uh, unmanned spaceship, of course, yeah. reaches the Alpha Centauri space system and then what?
2: And find, let's just say, and finds the habitable planet and, well, but the, and but... identifies the life there, identifies the caveman going, ooga, ooga, is it? You know, shoots a gazelle. But
1: we, it. but we already know that there's no identifiable life, life. I know planted. there isn't. But
2: let's just stipulate that it is. But mm-hmm. how, how does it come back and tell us right.
1: that it's... We're more it? likely to find life on Neptune than we are, uh, you know, on Alpha Centauri. So right. what, what, what? What is going on here? What's the, why the waste of time? We we have to go outside of of uh, the, the solar system. And by golly, I want to apply the liberal. Uh, we have enough troubles in our solar system right here, <laughs> then to go out and into foreign galaxies and. And help them out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By golly, Jupiter has that big blotch in the middle of it. And somebody needs to figure it out, that sand, that big sandstorm. Yeah, can and, we windex that out? That's right. <laughs> oh, the people on Jupiter are suffering. And we're dealing with Alcibiades Satori. Anyway, Thank that's a waste for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah,
2: but, but your, your overarching point is so brilliant because here you are. They're the ones talking about this completely hysterical, unreasonable folly of an idea. Yeah. Completely cahodic. Okay, hey, let's till our lance in a windmill. And then here you are saying, see how hysterically stupid this is and what a waste and a totally unaffordable endeavor based on the fact that these are supposedly, according to our planet's elites, two of the best and brightest we have? There aren't less ambitious projects they can apply their vast intellect to and maybe get a worthwhile result?
1: Look, I mean it would be far less expensive, as expensive as the following would would be, to go to Mars and do whatever you can to try to terraform Mars – I think that was your idea yeah, offline. Yeah, plant
2: a plant. Yeah, uh, yeah, take, just, take a six-pack of marigolds from your local nursery, build a glass dome, and water them. Yeah. See if
0: they grow. F-
1: find <laughs> a way to, to you know irrigate uh, soil on Mars. I mean, that is far more sensible, as, as expensive as that proposition is, to get there and everything else. But it is infinitesimally more affordable and more sensible than uh, to go off to Alpha Centauri and, and hope that you might find uh, uh, you know life forms there. I, I, I just—it's the, the, breathtaking the stupidity behind this. And look, you know, I, I, you may say, "Well, come on, Barack and, and, and Ari, this is—you're not being open-minded about this." You know, we're looking for life forms, and we think we might find it. <laughs> but we—we we are not going to find it um, because, well. We know that that from the uh, SETI program, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, right? With all those
2: big radio telescopes in the desert shooting up, looking for transmissions. Exactly right.
1: Always moving at the same time, and it looks so pretty and everything else. And uh, And your taxpayers are paying for that. (laughs) Bingo, right? Using very valuable land. Uh, which could be used for solar energy, right? <laughs> but no, we have to, we're instead spending on the very valuable source of maybe somebody who's sending us some message. Okay, so we're, we're doing this and we haven't, it started I think in the early 70s, the SETI program, and not one blip has yet occurred. Okay, nobody's dancing. Can you imagine the, the job, you know, I'd like to, uh, go for the job of uh, being the monitor for the SETI program. Great, put on the headphones, just sit here, let us know when you (laughs) hear something. That's right, and here's your chair, and you tell us if you hear anything. All right, thank you.
2: (laughs) Imagine if the Rush Limbaugh show from outer space just came through, if they'd even tell us. Conservative values work really well. That's <laughs> right. Hey, Wait Can't a be
1: second. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but this is this is the problem they have. It you know we are having facts on the ground. W- why is it if it's if there's intelligence life uh, life elsewhere, then surely they would have sent some radio beams to us by all this time, right? Because you know radio waves uh, travel uh, you know by by light at almost light speed. So where are they? What's happening here? Why, why can't we hear anything? Uh, and it's not as if we, they have to wait by the, for the time that the SETI program you know, developed and then they're starting to send it because they, they know that we have the SETI program. No, it, it could have been generated 100 years ago
2: or billions but, years but, and, and, that, and then it would have been across the galaxies yeah, in the universe. That's
1: right. And, we, and now we're hearing it, just like we're seeing light from stars that are millions and sometimes billions. Uh, of light years away,
2: or that blew up and went supernova millions and billions of years right. ago, and we're now seeing it as a star now.
1: Right, we may be hearing from a civilization that no longer exists, some hundred thousand, some hundred million years ago. Okay, so, but but nothing. There's not one blip whatsoever, and certainly it would have been announced. But don't worry, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Stephen Hawking's have assured us that they know exactly where life is. It's at Alpha Centauri. Why? Because it's the closest star system possible Now isn't that just like Streetlight thinking now that, now that I think about it right like, Well why are you going there Because, because that's, that's, where the, the light is. that's where the light is That's the closest place we can get to So there must be life there Yeah but
2: you weren't even there when you dropped your keys It doesn't matter that's where the light is
1: Yeah that's streetlight thinking right yeah. So this is, this is the problem of, of Liberal thinking um, and, and you can Get sucked into it and you don't realize How, how uh, stupid is too strong a word. I, I want to say so shallow, so empty. Uh, so, I, I so, la- so, stupid no.
2: isn't strong enough.
1: Uh, hold on, it's lacking. That the, the you have to you have to lack information to continue with liberal ideology. You must. And the, what information are Zuckerberg and Stephen Hawking's lacking? They're 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 just utterly lacking the probability factor. They're utterly lacking common sense And they're utterly lacking the information that we already now should have from the SETI program There's just too much stuff going on And I know that that Zuckerberg, at least in in other respects, lacks common sense Simply because he thinks that love is the answer to deal with ISIS I mean, anybody who thinks like that is, is truly an idiot you, you must not have been on the planet long enough to figure this out, Right? So, you 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 have to believe in nonsense to believe this. So consistent with that, and as we always say here on the Brock podcast, you know, mean people are always mean, uh, stupid people are always stupid, liars always lie, cheaters always cheat. Um, people who are shallow in one area tend to be shallow in other areas. Now you can say, well, Zuckerberg is is pretty deep in terms of understanding the the market when it comes to Facebook. Yes and no. I mean, I I don't know that. You know, it, it, it really requires that much brilliance at some point. And likewise, I don't think it requires that much brilliance on the part of of even Stephen Hawking's. Yeah, that's right. I said it. I don't know. I think you, if you dedicate yourself to something that you fat, you're fascinated with for ten thousand hours, you're going to become an expert. You're going to become even a genius in that department if that's all you think about. And Stephen Hawking's, God bless him, that he he loves science, and we need people who love science. Um, he's going he's to be the best one out there And so he You know, he lives and breathes it Every single second of his life Science, science, science So he's going to come up with string theory He's going to come up with uh, adaptations Of the theory of relativity But I'm not too impressed I'm not You would come up with it too, Ari uh, I think you're a bright guy But you would come up with it If you were told This is what you should do I just want you to focus on this Just spend all your time doing this
2: and, not only that, I would also get a date with a pretty girl, which Hawking can't do. Okay. Because I'm not a nerd. <laughs> uh, there's a, one other thing you've talked about before that I think applies here. Consequence-free thinking, or never looking at the consequences. Let's just assume Hawking and Zuck are right. Zuck. And, and I like it. I call them that because of it rhymes with a certain um, uh, word Ex- Expletive. Of, uh, yeah, of uh, Yiddish derivation. All right, move on. <laughs> but w- let's just assume they're right. And there is a colony of life in it, the Alpha Centauri sector, kind of like something you'd w- w- imagine from Star Trek. They're not asking themselves, well, what are the consequences? What are the downside? If this happens to be hostile, yeah, if I they're know. Vulcans, great. If they're Romulans, or, I mean, if they're uh, uh, Romulans or Klingons,
1: Klingons,
2: not so great.
1: Right. You mean Klingon or Romulan types, right? Uh, right. Hostiles. So yeah. I yeah. <laughs> Enemies. All right. Well, it, it, that that board that time it gets silly. But you know what? It's funny that you say that because it's already so silly in and of itself. So we might as well, you know, talk about this. The uh, the the next step, which is the next step of silliness. They don't think of anything. They they don't imagine what it's going to be like. It's, it's like. Um, I don't know. You decide to go to a particular place and you just say, I'm just going to find out. I'm just going to go to a neighborhood anywhere on the map, not thinking about may- whether it might be a hostile neighborhood, like you said. And next thing you know, uh, bad things are happening to you.
2: Yeah, it's Baltimore in a riot last
1: year. Right. Yeah. You, you, know? you, you don't want to be there. You want to choose a, a nicer place. But but again, it's so silly. Um, and, and they already know that there are no planets in the Alpha Centauri system that could possibly be... Uh, hospitable to life. I mean, it's, we know that, for example, Neptune is not hospitable hospitable to life. We know it. Pluto, or what formerly the, the planet formerly known as Pluto, or whatever it is, right? Like Prince. The outcry <laughs> formerly known that's as Pluto. That's right. <laughs> uh, but but they know that that's not going to. So 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 w- w- they're going to go over there, uh, and they'll find if they if they actually get there, after a hundred years. Guess what? They have planets that are very similar to the planets we have, and none of them are habitable for life or, you know, hospitable to life, I should say. And OK, surprise, they're just just as dreary and, and barren as Neptune, Uranus and uh, Jupiter, for that matter. They might be a little bit different in makeup, but really, they're just barren and desolate. Nothing. Thanks. thanks for Yeah. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, go back home. You know, see, in another 150 years. Um, it's, you know, what an embarrassment, what a waste of money and a waste of energy. Truly, it just, the, the, you know, we, we, a long time ago, Ari, you and I had a discussion of um, the, plan, the the conversations we are having and the conversations we should be having, right? From a political, you know, not even political, from a social point of view.
2: And a philosophical point right.
1: of view. Right, yeah. So, for example, Uh, we had conversations... We are having conversations about whether or not condoms should be used in pornography. We are having conversations about you know, this or that celebrity and whether or not she's breaking up with uh, this husband or whether or not he's bi. Or wh- crazy, nonsensical things. Yeah. Whether or not transgendered people should go into um, the, op- the bathroom of the opposite sex and whether that's a constitutional issue and such like that.
2: Or these are gay men should be leaders of Boy Scout troops on camping trips. Okay. <laughs> that, that, there's
1: too many ridiculous yeah. examples. And we- let's not drill down too much on that. I'm simply saying we, we have these conversations Conversations, These are the conversations we are having And the conversations we should be having Are conversations about How can we best uh, Appeal to God How can we best secure the rights of our citizens How can we make America as strong As possible, right How can we innovate As, as freely as possible And for the, for the betterment of everyone Not just here in America, but for the rest of the world yeah. How can we spread liberty the best way Because we know liberty is good, right those are the questions, uh, sorry, those are the conversations we should be having, but we're not having them. That's frustrating. Okay, so likewise, uh, this, this exploration to the Alpha Centauri is a scientific, a scientific endeavor we are having, but which we should not be engaging in. Okay? What scientific endeavors should we be doing? Uh, let me propose a couple. One is that what we talked about going to Mars, seeing if we can terraform it, seeing if, uh, you know, life can, you know, understanding the origins of life maybe uh, you know, there, things that we can actually do there. Um, Trying to see if we can reach the speed of light. It's very interesting. Uh, seeing whether or not hibernation is possible so that we can uh, hibernate into the future, very significant decades.
2: You name it. Yeah, and ones I I think are very, and I'm happy that there is some movement in this direction, offloading environmentally pollutive industries to other planets, for instance, mining operations. Yeah. What a great idea. Gold mining is very destructive to the environment here. Even as a conservative, I will admit that, obviously. Well, there must be gold in outer space. Can't we find it and do it
1: there? Bingo. Oh, I love that. Bingo. We can, you can totally destroy Mars or whatever.
2: Yeah, dig it up. Dig you know, up the
1: moon. The, yeah, nobody yeah. cares. So that's that's a wonderful way of, of, of handling things. It's not going to destroy the ecosystem of the solar yeah. system. And I have
2: one more I want to propose because I think liberals will, if they hear this, will see how we think. This is sort of one of those right. key in the whole moments. Okay. How about figuring a way of taking all the garbage we dump in landfills and sending it to a planet out there That we're not using Like say right. Venus
1: Right Nothing can live on Venus Throw it there Right uh, so yeah, Or just send it Directly to the sun It'll burn up Right so
2: Any number of these things A way of getting rid of our garbage yeah. Which is a problem
1: Yeah or nuclear waste, for that matter. Yeah. Put it in a rocket and send it off. Yeah. So there's there's many different ways of doing yeah, that. But right.
2: these, are, but again, this is, the whole point is not whether we do it or not, but this is the stuff we should be talking about. Right. This is feasible. Right. This is has a worthwhile result if it turns out to be feasible, and the feasibility conversation proves it's realistic. Right. Right.
1: Uh, and and that those are the conversations, those are the pursuits we should be pursuing, and we're not pursuing. <clears throat> so and and why is it that That you can't seem to have, we cannot seem to have uh, these these meaningful conversations, both philosophically, as we said, and then uh, scientific endeavors. Because the scientific endeavors world, the the things that they're studying, they're pursuing climate change and studying climate change. And there are people who are busily, you know, studying the impact of climate change, which is an endeavor, which is a a true folly, as we know. Uh, So that being the case, and why is that happening? Why are, are we studying the the, the mating habits of uh, alligators, yeah, of the sloth, or or whether there's homosexuality among alligators, we, we just don't care, right? These are things that are not important, right? Or so, transgenderism, transgenderism among yeah. alligators. What's the point of this? So there there are wackadoodle scientific endeavors that just we just don't care about. Thank you very much. Um, and even even I mean, it just strange things and strange grants are being uh, provided. And the reason why is, and it's not a surprise, is because we fail to have a standard by which we understand what is even necessary to pursue. I mean, take take our kids for example. We send them to school, and there are certain standards that we expect them. We 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 don't just send them to school and just say learn stuff, right? <laughs> well, I do. No, no hang <laughs> on, hang me. on. Le- learn stuff like learn. Uh, you know that that um, I don't know what the uh, What the iron ore content is in Nigeria? I don't care if they learn that. That's not important. There's a bunch of stuff you can learn that is totally, um, how do you call it? Uh, Useful. Effusive. I mean, it's just it's diffused. There's just a bunch of stuff, but you have to hone in on what is important, right? You you have to have a sense. Okay, well, I'm going to compartmentalize it into math. Um, I'm going to compartmentalize now the next area into language the next one into history, the next one into science, and so on, the next one to uh, you know, religious studies, if that's important. And, and you, you focus, even within then, uh, those particular categories. You, you, uh, by definition, when you go to school, you don't learn everything, but you learn critical things that help you advance, right? But when we talk about science, generally speaking, it just seems to be diffused, learn anything. It, there's no sense of context. There's no sense of purpose as to what the science is, and as a consequence, it's like you send your kids to school and just say learn stuff, and it doesn't matter what you learn, right? And you would say, as a parent, you would say, what the frig is going on? What are you teaching my kid? You're, you're teaching them about, you know, you know that the, the a language in South Africa where they do a lot of like clicking sounds. You know, the, how is this relevant to my kid's life? You know, I, I don't want to. I don't care about that. You know. So, uh, you, you get the idea. Usually, he likes this one a lot. But, <laughs> but it's all about relevance and about the conversations we should be having. And the only way to know about that, the only way to have the structure, to know what is relevant and what is not relevant, is to have the core, if you will, like the spine of God. To understand that, then, you, then things take shape. And you know what your direction is. The sail on your sailboat, as we said many times before. All right, I'm Barack Lurie, don't go away, we'll be right back.
0: Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case where your client invested $100,000 with her accountant who put her into various fake real estate investments.
1: Yes, the challenge here was that neither the attorney nor the client were really focusing on this case. So what did you do? At the deposition, I had a big stack of documents that I told her I was going to ask her to testify about and made sure she saw those documents and let her know her serious exposure. We settled for the full amount of the payments my client had paid her. We didn't even start the deposition. Litigation is a lot about understanding the psychology of your opposing party and sometimes the opposing counsel.
0: I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie & Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to The Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer.
1: I noticed something that was very apropos of what I intend to talk about, which is about how transgenderism is, in fact, a microcosm of all things wrong in liberalism. Okay? Now, what do I mean by that? I, 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 there was a... Um, look, the, the whole big issue of transgenderism really, at the end of the day, focuses on two basic issues. It's all about the right, with the capital R, for a man to go into a woman's bathroom, that's one, or for the right, the right with a capital R, for a man to go into a woman's locker room, okay? That's really it, okay? I mean, it doesn't prevent a, a transgender person, whether a man wanted to be a woman or vice versa, from eating at McDonald's, from watching a sports game, from playing sports for that matter, um, from becoming a lawyer, from being a dentist, uh, you know, it doesn't pre- prevent any of those things, right? And that kind of, kind of shows what this issue is all about. It's not, you see, it's not just that we are somehow focusing entirely upon this transgender issue and how absurd it, it really all is. And it is absurd because we're dealing with one out of 35,000 people on average, not three out of 100. As, as, as might be in the gay community or more, as they often like to insist, somewhere between three and 10 people in the gay community, whatever. That's a large percentage. I acknowledge that. But 135,000 is a very small percentage. You would all agree. So the fact that we're focusing on this and, and asking the whole country to change for transgenders uh, is, a, is kind of an absurd issue when you think about it. Um, and then, But then it's even more absurd Because what you're really fighting for Is the right for transgenders Ultimately to use the bathroom Or locker rooms of the opposite sex That's how absurd it is And, and it's like it's, it's an issue trying to find itself Like we can't We can't just stop at some point And say, well, good enough Things seem to be alright here But as we say, the progressive monster Is a very hungry monster, right? It always is And so it's as if they, they went down the, 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 the LGBT initials, right, and said, okay, well, let's take care of the, the L's and the G's first, okay, with the, with the gay marriage thing and, and such. And now the bi thing, because they're not getting the appropriate detention, because bi's are supposedly the persona non gratis of the gay and lesbian communities. To to which I say, that's your problem, not mine I mean, look, we the bisexuals should be just as as revered And allowed to do whatever they want to As the gays and and the lesbians But we don't have any distinction about this, right? I mean, it's like, I I don't, I, I just, I don't get it Okay, that's just, so if they have Discrimination from within Well, then, then talk amongst yourselves, I say But they keep on going down the initials And now they're going to the last one Which is the T, the transgender As if they have to go through every little one of these things And then, I, by the way, I saw another thing at, uh, at UCLA Where there was the asexual group So people who have no need for sex No desire for sex at all Man or woman you know, they identify as a man, they identify as a woman But they just don't feel like having sex And they're being discriminated against, don't you know They must see protection Yes, it's constitutional rights, you know um, So it's about I think they are one out of 98,000 or something so, so some absurd amount But let's focus still on the transgender stuff Okay So, the, the issue is so Ridiculously small And yet, they, they, they just Have to have a big issue Here we are, with the big issue and just recently, by the way, I, I was supposed to, um, uh, I, I do a promo spot for my radio shows. And uh, the, the ones that, you, that are on Sundays, uh, 10 to 11.30 on KRLA AM 870 here in, in Los Angeles, California. And I do promos before. And they, they show up and basically an announcer tells the, the world what Barack Lurie will be talking about on the Barack Lurie show this Sunday at 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And I'll talk about the politics of the day, the such and such. And, and I often have a theme. And the theme was to talk about how transgenderism is a microcosm about why, how things are all wrong in the liberal movement. Well, they got all upset. They don't like that. And I said, what, what don't you like? They just said, well, we want to change the word transgender to something else.
2: And you're talking about the radio station having a problem with the promo. Right. That's what you're—
1: Just the promo, Yes. Just yeah. the promo. Just the promo. And I'm thinking, why? What's the problem? And then it, it dawns on me from my, the people that kind of are agents, are go-betweens for me, that uh, transgender is somehow, uh, it's, it's not a dirty word, but you have to protect them. They're afraid of a backlash. So apparently the smaller the group, the more powerful they are. I, I just, I don't get this. So am I supposed to say it's the T word? Is, is transgender a bad word? I mean, that's what they call themselves. So, whatever you call yourself, Mr. Transgender, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. If you want to call your you know, uh, uh, gender neutral person, I'll call you a gender neutral person. I don't know, wh- whatever you want, I'll do it. But just at least let me define it, okay? Uh, same thing with it went from Negro to colored to black to, to some extent African American today. Whatever you want, I'll call you that. If, if that's, that's what's important to you, so fine. That's the group we're talking about, so we all understand what we're talking about. If you want to call yourself Sally's, I'll call you a Sally. If you want to call yourself a Johnny, I'll call you a Johnny. What whatever. But it's not the name, it's the fact that they're talking about the issue of transgenderism altogether. And that that is odd to me because you know that the radio station that I know and love, they're a conservative radio station. and if they're self-censoring, then we have to we have to worry. Now, that's, that's not what I want to talk about today, but that's the general gist of it. Why do I say that transgenderism is a microcosm of all things wrong with liberalism? Because if you take any classic issue of liberalism, let's say affirmative action, let's say minimum wage, those two things just for fun, you and I, Ari, have talked about that before, and we talk about, look how they don't think about the consequences. We will show that affirmative action, for example, over time, actually hurts the very people that they intend to help. So when you give a false leg up to a minority and let him go into Harvard University or Stanford or whatever under lower standards, you're only hurting that person at the end of the day. And you create more isolation. And then you make assumptions among people who hear that he's going to Harvard or Stanford that, well, gosh, he just got in because, uh, because he's black, and so you think less of the person. That's exactly the opposite of the intention, right? That's why we say it, but, but you would have to show that over with a, bit, a good deal of logic, of course, but also some studies that show that over time. Likewise, though, with the minimum wage, we can show you the minimum wage actually hurts the very people that it intends to, to help, creates unemployment, all the things we've talked about before. It encourages illegal immigration because it's under the table, it's, and that's cheaper. So the more pricey you make something, the more opportunity you give to somebody to try to undersell it, right? Okay. That's why you have a, a huge market for fake Cartier watches, right? You want this fake Cartier watch? 20 bucks instead of a $2,000 Cartier watch. You get to pretend you're, you're wearing a Cartier watch. Same thing with the minimum wage. Okay, so if, you, if you're telling people you have to pay this amount, then they'll find ways of getting it somewhere else. You want proof of that? I'll show you proof. Look at the, uh, uh, the, the CD market, music CDs, that is, remember? They, they were absor- exorbitantly high prices compared to the cost of making a CD. And people decided, hey, I'm gonna steal music from, I'll, I'll strip it, uh, Napster and so on, from, uh, from the web. And, and had they had reasonable prices, you know, something like it should have been seven fifty instead of eleven fifty for these CDs, six fifty. They would still make a killing on the profits. People wouldn't be stealing so much. But that's what happens when you create artificial prices, right? Am I am I right? Yes, of course. Right. Absolutely. Same thing with the prescription market. You see that too with drugs, prescription drugs. They're artificially high here in America. So surprise, surprise, people go to Canada and get it cheaper over there, or they go to the generic goodies from Mexico and get the same thing. This is basic This is just supply and demand Working itself out But these again are things that I would have to show you over time Using some degree of logic But also using the element of time To say you see how things turn out Mr. Smith, Mr. Liberal And we can argue to our faces blue And they can look at you and say Well I don't know about that And I'd like to see the other studies That show the opposite and so on And and you can say tell me what studies We, We would argue all day long But you see the beauty of the transgender issue is that it's all right here. Uh, yes, I use logic, but it's not as if we need a time study for this. Because I can tell you right now, just using your basic common sense, how crazy the tra- transgender movement, meaning the movement to force women to accept men in their bathrooms or in their lockers, locker rooms, that that that's the, what the movement really is. Okay? We, so we... We've defined the movement, correct? Right. So, so what's the result going to be? A man goes into a locker room. We know that they're not going to be able to to, to decide. Okay, well, you have to, you know, be a bona fide transgender person. Please show me your transgender license, sir, before I allow you to go into the woman's room. Is that? Of course, that's not going to be the case. No, the standard and, and the movement itself says the standard is those
2: who feel like that yeah. in the moment. In the moment. So let's say you feel <clears throat> like a man five minutes before. Right. The urge to tinkle hits you. Suddenly, you feel like a woman. Right. You know, you right. decide to do it sitting down. Yeah. Right. And well, then uh-huh. after relieving yourself and you exit the room you right. feel like a man again right. that's the standard
1: they that's the standard they
2: have set right. not you and i no, no we're not making fun of it we're, never, we're yeah. defining it literally you it.
1: will not be busted for going to a woman's room period that's yeah. it okay uh, whether it's a woman's restroom or a woman's locker okay and and let's face it folks that's the reality because a a, a woman feeling like a man going into a man's locker room uh, will not be could be very Very um, harshly treated So why would you want that, right? But let's say she does that It doesn't matter But going more to the men Going into a woman's locker room Okay, so Man goes into a woman's locker room Where all these women Are either naked Or half naked Or in bras Or what have you And um, They feel uncomfortable So that's issue number one Because It's weird for a woman To be undressed In front of a man Regardless of how he Defines himself For the moment As we talked about, Right? But here's something that people don't think about. Locker rooms are not always full of people. Sometimes it's late at night. Yeah, that's right. You go to a sports club, you know what I'm talking about. You you know, the, the closing hours are 11 o'clock and 1030 to 11, there are very few people there, maybe two or three. A bunch of men go into the locker room feeling like a woman, so they claim. They want to see some uh, some some, you know, bare naked ladies or you know, scantily clad ladies, what a thrill to see them in the shower or whatever. So that's one thing. So the, and then the next thing is because people don't think about that. When they think about a locker room, they, they think about a, a, woman, a locker room full of women. But what if it's one man and one woman left? One, woman who, one man who claims to be a woman for the moment and a woman who knows that she's a woman. What happens then? She's completely vulnerable, she could be raped. And then what Right And and how do you How does a sports club Handle that liability Okay Bad for business you think How do you How do you talk to the woman I mean If you're a woman And you're for the Transgender movement And now we understand That the transgender movement Really is For the right of The opposite sex To go into the other sex Bathroom Or locker Do you feel good about that As a woman Having a bunch of men now Coming into your into your locker, locker uh, room at any time that they please.
2: Okay? Uh, and if you remember in Michigan a few months ago, this exact same thing happened. Do you remember the case? No. <laughs> this, was, this was a hoot. Uh, a woman is in that exact position. She goes to the management to complain. They kick her out of the club and revoke her membership by saying she was the one being intolerant.
1: I do remember that one. Okay, I, didn't re- I thought you were going to say that there was an attack. But yes, I do remember that story, that it was at a sports club, and this is the way it's going to be now. I mean, honestly, I don't know what people are thinking. And this is why I say that transgenderism itself is a, 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 an issue that reflects the shortfall and the, the shallowness of all liberal thinking. It's such a good example of it because it's real in time. It and doesn't it, you don't it, it, need you don't need a decade to, to kind of figure out the negative consequences of it. Right, it's
2: gonna happen right away. And right it away. also embodies all of the tyrannical and uh, critical theoretician properties of liberalism. For instance, the the tyrannical but, but, property but, but, but 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 I, I wanna here's an important point, yeah, that yeah Okay. What would they, they do? Well, there's only one thing that can do. You will be forced, as the people who have an establishment with locker rooms, to now have enforcement agents, i.e. locker room cops, stationed there at all times to make sure the women feel safe yeah. in the presence of these, whatever you want to call them yeah. at the moment, guys. Yeah. Which is the same kind of police state liberals seem to rail against everywhere else in society. Well, of course. That's number one. And then number two... You will have the critical theory of the inevitability of attack happening or perversion, uh, molestation, any sorts of, bad, of the bad, sexual, prurient things. You have now opened up an entire uh, uh, environment for a petri dish for it to occur.
1: Right. But, 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 but here, here is the point, and this kind of dovetails from what I was saying. I wanted to follow through, but it dovetails very nicely from what you just said. Look... He, there's so many, so many ways that they're not thinking this through. That's the amazing thing about it. Now, in addition to you know, being the lone woman, for example, and then suddenly she's filing... And, and all she knows is that, that a man can come into the locker room at any moment. Think of that. All right, now that you brought up a very good point about the security guard. So now they've got to beef up security if, they, if they're smart, if they want to avoid liability. Yeah,
2: if they have the resources to do so.
1: Okay. So now, next. Uh, this really only... And we were talking about molestation and rapes, which of course is is a real issue. It's a real, but but what about the just just as Johnny looky Loos who just want to leer at a woman.
2: Yeah, it makes it impossible right. for a woman to groom herself, be yeah. naked, change out of her sweaty gym clothes. It, it's impossible for her to take a shower. In essence, it makes it impossible for even her to have a membership to such establishments right. or to enjoy them. Yeah, she,
1: I mean, a lot of the jac- a lot of uh, sports clubs have um, jacuzzis and yeah, steam spies, rooms. Yes. Or, yeah, so she's going to have to wear uh, uh, you know bathing suits essentially to avoid any possibility of being so to be shown naked. She can't be herself. Right? This is one place where women want to be themselves. I mean you've you got to be able to have a as Virginia Woolf said a room of one's own, right and and they don't have it now because there's a, you know, any chance a guy can come and start leering at them. They're not touching them, they're not doing anything. but hell, you know I can tell you as a guy, I, I like to look at scantily clad women. I mean t- that's why Playboy and Penthouse and all the magazines and for that matter, porn is out there.
2: It's gone online now.
1: just see so it. You know. Oh, it has okay. Yeah. You know, you tell can me, use t- tell right me about Tell me about these websites <laughs> yeah. okay
2: well I wouldn't know the individual oh no, no, of I course not no, no, tell me no, I
1: no. no, 'm actually not interested in those <laughs> things but but the point is that this is why these the the previously magazines and of course now the presently of the internet that it's ninety five percent of it is is male you know viewers um, and you know this is what's going to happen it it's going to be when you when you minimize the Uh, the stigma of being a transgender for one thing. Not that I'm encouraging that. I'm simply saying when you're doing a double whammy, on the one hand you're saying it's no big big deal to be a transgender. Let's all respect everyone, which we should. But at the same time also say, and by the way, if you feel like a, a woman for the moment, then by all means go into the locker room. So those two whammies together basically say, you know, some teenage boys who were 18 years old say, hey, let's go sit, check out some chicks. Let's go to the locker room. And if anyone stops them and say, what the hell are you doing here? You say, hey, I feel like a woman. And and there's no shame in that. How
2: dare you discriminate against yeah.
1: me. And then, and then the security guard has to walk away. Hey, we ain't do nothing wrong. We're not touching anybody. We're not hurting anybody. And then they just kind of stare and look at these, you know, to their mind, hopefully, beautiful woman, and just uh, you know, watch them, uh, you know, catch them coming out of the shower when they don't realize that there might be some some young boys there, and then catch them seeing their breasts and their butts and everything else. What a thrill that would be for them, right? So,
2: and the so that's thrill that young uh, people acting in not good, uh, shall we say, values would enjoy. The thrill of seeing women freak out and run in horror out of there,
1: right? Exactly, right. So, so that's. That's a very serious element of the people that you will see mostly going into the locker room. The other group that you'll see are the real pervs who, who are, are sick, and they want to create mayhem. So it's, and, they, and these are not even transgenders. They'll simply have a desire, lustful or otherwise. They have a perversion that they need to be in a woman's room so they can see and stare at women all the time or, or God forbid, touch them and grope them and so on.
2: Right, the kind of guys who flash women wearing nothing but raincoats of the exactly park, that right.
1: type. Yeah, it'll be a thrill to them. And, and they'll say, well, why are you – yeah, that's a good point, actually, now that I think about it. So they go into the woman's locker room feeling like a woman, and then they flash themselves. And then they say, well, how can you – you know, that's, that's, a, that's a criminal offense, Mr. Smith. And you say, no, it's not. I'm in a, a freaking locker room in a gym. That this is where I'm supposed to be able to take off my clothes or, or open right. up a, a, a coat. I'm a woman today. I'm a woman today. Yeah, and you I'm, can't. I judge. was just I was just planning to go to the jacuzzi, and I'm just taking off my robe. Thank you very much.
2: Right. I, I'll quote. Uh, I saw this this posted somewhere. I don't remember what website. That I think it was on Drudge that said transgenders are putting out the message not to judge me genetically by my genitals.
1: Right. Yes. I, I, and, I and I want to deal with that in a second. Right. but So, so wait. wait. Let's come back because I yeah. want – that's the second part of this segment that I want to discuss because I saw that too because it's, it's so funny how you can respond to that. It's, again, another example of the shallowness of, of uh, liberalism.
2: Right, so, and the so obvious the, response to it will be yeah, yeah. later on. That's right. We'll, we'll go through
1: all the whole list of this. Yeah. But let's let's continue on because I'm talking about all the kinds of people that will, in fact, go into the women's locker room, You know, the 18-year-old boys who, who want to get thrilled.
2: Yeah, the uh, they, molesters, the, 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 the flashers. Molester,
1: the flashers and the psychotics, okay? They'll, they'll be there too. The kind and, of, and real quickly, the kind of men who take
2: pictures, of, you know, the upskirt photographers, yes. you know, the, the kind of people who pleasure themselves in bathroom stalls, you know, all oh, yeah. those people will now be legally protected right. to do these things. Right. And the women who are victimized by these now legally protected, if you will, criminals, like that woman in Michigan will have no recourse right.
1: to protect herself. That's right. Other than leave the gym. Okay. So, and and here's the here's the what what some people would call the irony of the situation. That this transgender issue, this great right with a capital R, will lead to far more people going into the women's um, far more men going into the women's rest uh, restroom and locker rooms who are not transgender. <laughs> Than actual transgenders
2: Because because based on the number At the top you gave out One in 35,000 Those numbers of transgenders Simply
1: don't exist Right, they just don't exist It's a practical matter They're unicorns Okay, and I say that With respect to the One out of 35,000 out of you But the reality is There are very few of you And there's a reason Why there's very uh, very few of you
2: yeah, there isn't this colony in Syria exporting them as migrants to yeah. Europe and the West right. to to populate us. They just, yeah. they don't
1: exist. It's going to be a lot of old yeah. men looking for an opportunity to check out a lot of young flesh, female flesh, and won't that be so exciting? You know, I mean, look, let's face it. You and I, uh, we 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 knew each other from the gym a long time ago, right? We, I mean, we were both club members at the same by coincidence. And for the men, you go to the left, and and for the woman, you you would go to the right. And isn't it true? I mean, you could say this for both sexes, but really for the guys, isn't a part of you like, oh, gosh, I wish I could go into the woman's room just to check it out just for a go. moment? No. Go with me on this Okay, okay? yes. Of course. No, because you, you get to see a little thrill. But the reality, we all know the reality is that you've seen a lot of you've seen a lot okay, of plain- when Chan and Elizabeth was there, yes. You know, the okay. actress from America. Would you bear with me, please? I just agreed <laughs> with you. Right. So there's a good chance that. Your, your eyes will gravitate, of course, to the, to the more attractive ones, but nevertheless, there's a good chance you might see one or two of them half naked or fully naked for that, and that's that's the that's the thrill, right? So imagine now that basically there's a new right that gives a green light to everyone just based upon how they internally feel, which means there's no enforcement because you can't possibly say that somebody feels not transgender when they do. And and so we don't know who is who um, in in these. You know, what their actual intentions are and such like that So it's not as if they can arrest you for, for You know, we know what you're actually thinking That you're actually here For salacious purposes and therefore come with us We're going to arrest you Yeah,
2: you uh, used to be able to do that
1: Yeah, there, There's no enforcement mechanism possible as a result we, I mean, that's obvious So if you claim to feel it, that's good enough for them You, you can't possibly find otherwise And again, like you said, for the moment I, For these five minutes, I felt like a woman And therefore you can't do nothing to me, copper Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so that, so it's the leering factor as well. Everything about this is bizarre, right? You were you simply putting women in danger. That's that's what you were succeeding in doing. And we we live in a society where, you know, if you're a feminist and you know, God bless you, you know, we all want everyone, every woman should have whatever opportunity they want. Okay. But one thing is, that there's an, a reality between the sexes is that by and large, men are stronger than women. And they pose a danger to women sexually. Okay, it's very rare that a woman can pose a danger sexually to a man. Okay, I mean, usually there's a huge age difference anyway. But, but you get yeah, the idea. It can it's, happen, but it's rare. It's rare, as rare as say, oh, I don't know, one out of thirty-five thousand. Yes. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> what what other number does that remind yeah. me of? It might even be rarer. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so so this is what you're fighting for, and and women, especially. I'm, I'm really curious. If you're a woman listener, please call me at 3104 7788 or email us at info at lawcom and explain to me why you are for the transgender uh, rights in, in, the, in the sense that we're talking about, the right to go into a, a man to go into a woman's locker room. Now, I'm not talking about whether they should be respected and whether they should allow, be allowed to wear clothing that they pr- prefer, assuming that that's even what they want. I'm simply asking you, to the extent that you are with them in their so-called right to go into a a locker room of of the opposite sex, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that you're going to be in less danger, more danger, or about the same? It's one or the other. That's what I want want to know. Because I put it to you, it's so blazingly obvious that it's going to be more dangerous for a woman, generally speaking, and then you're stuck with this because you created this environment where... Any man can come in at any time for virtually any reason. That's that's really what's going on at the end and, of the day. And
2: as a woman, you have no recourse. No recourse, unless you lose your gym membership or are even prosecuted as a right. as and, a uh, someone intolerant.
1: Right. And where is this movement uh, moving so aggressively the most? That's right, college campuses. Right. I mean, not surprisingly, that's where it's moving the most. And yet, the college campuses complain and 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 proclaim that. Um, that one out of every five women is sexually assaulted in, in, in college, who attends college.
2: And it's a crisis. And, and it's a Something
1: crisis. must be done. We, we got some, we gots to do something about right. this, right? Now, putting aside that, that that number is highly inflated and such, let's, let's take their numbers, their fraction, as a correct number. If one out of five, that means 20% of women are being molested or got up to the point of being raped, um, you're sending your daughter to college. I mean, I ain't sending my daughter to any college under those circumstances, right? Unless it's an all-women's college, and even then, I got to make sure no, no nice. male guards. So, so, okay. So this is in college, right? So it's already bad enough as it is. And now you're saying, and by the way, we want to open up all the women's locker rooms and the bathrooms to men too. Do you think this will increase that ratio, say one one out of four now, one out of three, or decrease it, say one out of 16, when I was 17, or stay about the same, okay? The answer is obvious. It will increase it, right? Even assuming the numbers. It doesn't matter what the number actually is. It will increase rapes, molestations, and leering, and feeling bad about it.
2: Microaggressions and macroaggressions. Yes. And just straight-up aggressions.
1: Yes. (laughs) Talk about feeling like you're being raped or being molested. This is what's going to happen. It's a a bizarre world. This is the world that you, you claim to want, and then, and then here it is you, you are hoisted by your own petard, as they say This is what you want and this is what you're going to get And I thought this was a place where everyone was supposed to have a, a, a safe space, right? I mean, that's what co- you colleges are all about Safe space, safe Well, guess what? You ain't got no safe space anymore What, what happens in a, in, a, um, in a dorm now? You can't have a woman's room, uh, sorry, a woman's floor anymore, right, by definition. If you feel like a woman and you want to be on the woman's floor, well, then by golly, you better get set up.
2: What about women? You know how they with with another up? woman. Yeah, uh, you you send your daughter to college. You send her to you know a lot of ca- campuses. I think like Stanford, or USC require them to live in dorms from the very beginning. Like yeah, first two years they, do. they don't allow them to get off campus apartments. That's right. So you're in a dorm. You're paired up with someone. What happens when you get that boy who says, "I feel like a girl"? Who are they going to pair them up with? Well, I can't be paired up with a boy. I feel like a girl. Yeah. So some boy gets paired up with your daughter and your daughter dare complain she gets kicked off out of school on her first day for being an intolerant
1: Nazi? Right, exactly. So I can't I can't live with a boy. I'm a girl. So what so so what the solution might be for them is to say, "Well, we'll pair a transgender person with another transgender person." Well, wait a minute. That's 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 discrimination too. Like I feel like a woman, woman. And therefore, pair me up with a woman, and only, only another woman. And if you're if you're purposefully selecting me merely because of the, the, what my actual genitals are, or what my genitals actually are, uh, then then you're discriminating against me.
2: Right. So, and you can't pair up a Caitlin with a Chaz Bono, right? Because they're going in the opposite direction. Oh, there you go.
1: That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> so w- where do you go with that? And so, so then they pair. Uh, The the, the transgender person With a a woman who is biologically A woman and then they say Well you're only pairing them up because She actually has a vagina and then that Becomes a discrimination thing so then they they, It it goes in this vicious circle right But can, can you imagine though Can you just imagine You're suddenly going to this college and Because of you know PC culture You are forced to have a roommate Who is a member Of the opposite sex Okay and I, you may be okay with that. You may have signed up for that. Maybe that's what they'll do. They'll say, "Do you mind if if the person with you has genitalia of the opposite sex, but feels like a member of your sex?" Right? And then you check off the box. Yes, I'm perfectly willing to to uh, to room with such a person.
2: Or you even get subsidies if you're willing.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Or yeah, maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll have an issue uh, later on. But uh, it, it's just. Very, very bizarre this, uh, It's the natural, bizarre response of, of Of transgenderism So you see what I'm saying here uh, about, about how um, How bizarre The consequences are Of this Movement that's called the Transgenderism movement How it's going to affect us all And it's it's just right away An impact upon us Right now, We you don't have to Wait for the studies to show all the rapes and how it's being abused or how all the leering and such like that. It's just too obvious. And if you're a man, you know uh, that, that you have a desire to, to, to want to see women. And, if, if, you, and if, if you accelerate that desire and into a sickness uh, and you have a, um, a fetish of some kind, you'll, you're going to uh, see a lot of these people, mostly men going into the woman's locker room for the the thrill. And who gets victimized in the process? You tell me. And who benefits from this? You tell me. Okay? But this is emblematic of the shallowness of liberalism, generally speaking, because every single liberal idea falters exactly the same way. The only difference is that this one is so nakedly obvious as it were. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you next week.